Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global podcast. And today we have the huge pleasure of having with us Andy Dolish. Andy, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know everything is, you know, kind of crazy in the U.S. right now, and I appreciate you. You know, you're always a busy guy, and it's good to see your face again. It's good, and I hope everything is going well. Well, Ole, um, I always love to wake up on Monday and speak to Norway. How could it be any better than that, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> when people say, hey, Andy, how are you doing? What are you up to? What's going on? I go, I'm on a cruise on the USS Groundhog Day in the Bermuda Triangle of COVID-19 with occasional stops in the twilight zone. That's answer to their question. And now we're taking a quick stop in Norway. <laughs> Right. Why not? Uh, right. This is it is the world of sports that we will be talking about right. and both its power and some of the mistakes that have been made over the past few months and okay. how we take out a crystal ball and start looking at the future. Yeah. And, and I mean, like you're Andy, you've been you've been part of the industry for a long time. Uh, you know, exploring a lot of different verticals and and major players in the industry, and it's going to be super exciting to talk with you a little bit about you know how the how these sort of you know leaders are looking into the challenging faces uh, they're 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 facing right now. But before we dive into this, you know, amazing topic and learning more about you, Andy, I just wanted to like mention for all of you out there that are listening. First of all, thank you for taking the time to tune in. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic episode. And in just a couple couple weeks now, we're going to have the Sporting Global Summit, which is happening on August 26th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific time. So it's essentially our summit, a three-part summit, which is called the Data and the Future of Sports. So it's gonna be a lot of interesting, you know, key speakers from the U.S. sports market sharing their knowledge and their thoughts about data and the future of sports. So make sure to sign up. We will have a link in the bio and all the stuff below. Sign up at Sporting Global. Uh, you know, it's, it's free, of course. We want as much of you, you know, to gain knowledge and get, ex get inspired in this, you know, challenging but, but interesting time. So, Andy, uh, obviously back to you and back to sort of like, you know, the, the topic of the day. And I mean, like straightforward, the, the, to the topic is, you know, digging into the mind, you know, of, of you. And, and understanding, you know, how would that may you... be a very short interview, Ole. Uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, like, we'll, 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 we'll try, you know. <laughs> okay. But we wanted to share a little bit about yourself and your background. And I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of people in the in industry, uh, especially in the U.S., that knows about you. But for those that don't, why don't you just, you know, kind of like give a, a brief introduction? Well, first, um, it's great to be with you. We always have great conversations, whether it's in this part of the world or your part of the world. Right. Um, and I would put in a plug for the global summit that you're doing for any of the listeners and viewers. Uh, call your friends, call your pets, have everybody <laughs> in this because you're going to learn. And that's really the key factor in Absolutely. today's world to do it in a positive setting with some heavily intelligent people who know the world but don't take themselves too seriously right. and you know I try not to do it also 
um, because ultimately sports is fun. And in, in the world of today, fun isn't necessarily the first three-letter word you think about in sport right. or life. So I'm very, very lucky. And, and I would say for those young people who want to start a career in sports or have a job and are trying to find the next step up the ladder, right. I am your poster child. <laughs> I am your poster child. If I could have gotten to some of the positions which I'll talk about, then anybody can do it. And I don't mean right. to to lower myself, but yeah. you don't have to have won a Nobel Prize. You don't have to have graduated from Oxford. Um, as long as you understand teamwork, leadership, and trust, right. which are three really important points which we'll come back to later, you can succeed. Um, I was lucky enough way back when I used to have hair like Ole's. Mine has become a little silvered, but at least still I still, still pretty good. I still have it. Um, and so I went to the first sports management program in the United States way back when in the early 70s at Ohio University. Wow. Believe it or not, Ole, there are 375 programs in the U.S. and you know being a citizen in the world, there's right. hundreds more Absolutely. in the world. So I think the total now is like 700 educational programs in the business of sports, sort of hard to believe. And my first job was in the NBA, which was my dream job with the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. I was, you know, running around doing whatever anybody told me to do. <laughs> In the days before the NBA, you can see that right. ball there. Yeah. Uh, before the NBA became a global entity. So I have right. two balls up there, which represent to me the global growth of sports, soccer, and basketball. Right. And we'll come back to that later, uh, where the growth is in global sports. Worked for the Philadelphia 76ers, then went to a sport that very few people know about called indoor box lacrosse. Right. And just take a step back to take two forward, make more money, have a better title. Then uh, I went to the Washington Capitals of the National Hockey League. Yeah. Then the Washington Diplomats of the old North American Soccer League, Pele, Beckenbauer, yeah. the great players of that time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had the great Dutch national, Johan Cruyff. Okay. Right. If you know football, you know, we call it football in this country, but we don't know what we're talking about. If you truly <laughs> you know that Johan Cruyff is easily one of the six or seven greatest players in the history of the games that passed away. But I got to know him in Washington, truly one of the most amazing personalities ever in my life. Yeah. And then I, I probably got my biggest break. I went to the Oakland A's baseball team that was just right. bought by the family that owned Levi Strauss, a fairly successful pants company. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, they've sold a few pairs of jeans and some rivets <laughs> around the world. Right. And I was there for 14 years. Right. We had success, broke attendance records, won a World Series, caused an earthquake in 1989. Yeah, yeah, right. First, the first natural disaster, I guess, broadcast live on national TV. Right. It was exactly during the game, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the broadcasters, uh, Al Michaels, who's still uh, famous and doing broadcasts today, said, right. oh, God, we're having an earthquake. Al happened to be from the Bay Area and right. knew it. Right. Uh, the picture got really fuzzy. Um, the game went off the air. Um, the earthquake was horrific. A number of people yeah. died. Billions of dollars in damage, but we were able to complete the World Series ten days later, yeah. and we swept the San Francisco Giants. And you know, I happily have a World Series ring, which I don't wear unless I have a meeting with somebody from the Giants. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, I went uh, to the Golden State Warriors right. for a short time as president. Yes, I was executive vice president, but essentially I was the revenue generator. Right. Uh, Got to make money to pay those athletes, right, Ole? 100%, uh, 100%. Yeah, and then um, I formed my own business after I got fired. You should always get fired sometime in your career. So <laughs> I got fired, but I had, a, learning experience. You're learning I had experience. a contract, so they had to pay me, which was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least my wife thought it was good, and she stayed with me. Uh, that to the Vancouver Grizzlies um, in, in Canada. We moved the team to Memphis. They became the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. Built a wonderful arena called FedEx Forum with the help yeah. of FedEx, which has its global headquarters in Memphis. Yeah, makes sense. And then um, I went to the San Francisco 49ers as the chief operating officer for several years. Yeah. I left in 2010, right. which like 10 years ago, which it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And since that time, um, I don't believe in the word retirement. Right. I believe there's still much to be done. Uh, we met each other through the University of San Francisco. I'd like to teach and talk and pay it forward. Yeah. And so since that time, I've been consulting with a number of properties. Uh, some that see the light of day, some that don't. Right. Uh, we'll talk about some of those maybe later in the yeah. conversation, like the Fan Controlled Football League and TBT, yeah. yeah. the basketball tournament. I do some teaching. Uh, I taught with our good friend Jeremy Howell. Yeah. And uh, we had a master's program at, um, at USF. Um, right. right. And I do some teaching at uh, Stanford School of Continuing Studies. I've done some writing. I have my first book out. Um, there you go. And uh, try to stay busy in, right. in one of the strangest times that any human being could live in that's walking earth today. So Absolutely. that, you know, 50 some odd years of how I've been spending my time in after school projects. And, and it's, it's like so amazing, you know, it's for me as well. And like, so inspiring as well for, for, I think a lot of, you know, the, the young people here to see like, you know, if you're passionate about something, you know, like you, you, you can, there's so much to do, you know, there's so much you can get your hands around and get involved in and, you know, just your vast experience. You, you've been traveling all over, you know, especially in the U S working for all these different teams and, 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 and entities and kind of like understanding, you know, all the challenges that we're facing. And I, I think, you know, when, once you brought up sort of like the whole, you know, um, horrific situation with the, with the Oakland A's, with the, 
with the, the earthquake, you know, one of the things that, that I thought about and which is one of the questions that I have, um, and that's, that's sort of, you know, going into, you know, the current situation and, and obviously you were, you know, high leader position with the Oakland A's at that time. And, and a lot of the things, you know, okay, how are we, you know, solving this situation? How do we come out of this in, in the best possible way? Obviously, you know, you have the world series and everything happening and, and mm-hmm. one of the things like, it's kind of curious is how do you sort of see like the sports leaders in today? Like and we can just talk about, you know, the U S market, but you know, in general, like, how how are you going to cope with you know the COVID situation and what would be some of the first steps you know to do as a major league president like what would you advise and what what would kind of like come to mind in your stage if you were in this position now and and so like how can we make the best out of this because it's a unique challenge but at the same time as we talked about before we started the podcast it's like okay but we got to move forward we got to try to solve this and and be creative, be, you know, new thinking. So how, how, how would you sort of like, you know, what do you think is going through the mind of, of the leaders today of the major league teams? If you take a step back um, and look at all sports, no matter right. where it is around the world, yeah. uh, whether it's rugby, cricket, ice hockey, team handball, quality organizations have a playbook. Right. They know what they're doing. The players yeah. know their job. The people in the business organization know what to do. The trainers know how to deal with injuries. And what hit me when uh, COVID started in Asia right. is we, we are a world connected. Again, yeah. to look at those balls over my shoulder there. Yeah. Um, People are flying around every day. So when something happens in market A or country B, it's coming to country C and D pretty quickly. Right, right. And we clearly, and we'll talk about the United States and sports, did not have a playbook. Right. We didn't have one governmentally. We didn't have one medically. And we surely didn't have one in the world of sports. Yep. What really broke my heart and raised a question, and I've asked a number of colleagues, why isn't there sort of a United Nations of sports? Right. I could say, well, there is. It's FIFA or it's the IOC. Yeah, yeah. In actuality, they're getting criticized more for illegal activities and financial shenanigans than they are of creating a positive plan for how they deal with the unexpected. And this was clearly the unexpected. People uh, talk to me a lot from the media every day, but because of the earthquake, they said, well, Andy, you've been through something like this at a high executive level. And what I told them, Ole, is sports came in after, so after the earthquake, after Hurricane Katrina, after 9-11, after those traumas were created, yeah. sports could put a warm arm around the community. You're right, right. So in COVID-19, sports and all of us are right in the middle of it. Yeah. We're right in the middle of it without a solution. Yeah. We can talk vaccine, we can talk about testing, but, you know, we're literally talking about 
you know, a number in the world of 735,000 deaths. Right. Now, right. What is yeah. one human life work as we, worth, as we were talking before? Yeah, yeah. 165,000 in the United States. So it's crazy. No unity yeah. among, I call it the five big sports now, because I'm throwing MLS in because they're doing yeah. really well. Yeah, so that's for sure. 156 professional sports franchises, inclusive of hockey, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. Right. They have a unified program? No. And you see it now. Some are in the bubble. Some are live. Some are saying no fans. Some are saying maybe 30 fans. Right. Um, some, you know, there was a, a fight yesterday in the baseball game of my former Oakland A's. Hmm. Social distancing, there were 30 guys jumping on each other. No face masks, no nothing. Yeah. What's it going to be like? Right. So what was most symptomatic in in medical terms is have a plan enact your plan be agile and nimble okay. and i think in covid 19 what i would have told myself and what i would have told commissioners team executives and owners right why share the information with everyone right and make sure that we have medical advice, scientific advice, operational advice, right. uh, community advice, and yep. they didn't do that. And that's why I think we're suffering uh, because of it in the world of sports. Yeah, it's like sort of like having a public library, library you know, and like with the, with the internet, with the data, with the technology we have today, you know, there's no problem having that. But I think it's something you bring up with it, which I think is very interesting. I think like, uh, and I always said like this in the earliest stages of like the podcast when we released it too was, you know, at the end, we're all in the same, you know, boat, you know, and, and which, which is kind of like interesting, which you brought up like, you know, obviously FIFA, IOC and all this stuff. And, and yet it kind of like seems that every team sort of like, and every league sort of thinks about themselves and then kind of Selfish, like, selfishly uh, and the way. I put it in the U.S. with five major leagues and throw college in there. Sure, it's sure. six-lane superhighway and yeah. nobody's signaling and everybody's driving in their own lane, uh, right. communicating uh, across all of these entities because teamwork. To me, right. it's simple. All like yeah. we're in the business of teamwork. Yeah, yeah, and that is not very apparent in how we're going about this. There are no secrets other than finding a solution to this. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, hockey has secrets over the NBA, not at this time. Yeah. Let's all come together, right. information as best we can, yeah. and move forward because we're talking about our futures here. When you have sports with no fans, right. it's not a long-term solution that's gonna turn out well. Right, no, I, I agree and I think you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting to see exactly like how, how people think about it. And we, we said it too, like, how can we, you know, like we talk a lot, a lot about like the, the sporting global platform and the podcast and, and the summit now. And then that's, that's a way of us to sort of like give back, you know I mean? Like, of course we're just a startup, right. But, but at the same time, we're thinking like, how can we try to at least, you know, elevate on the fact that, you know, you know, how can we spread you know, and, and, and let the people think about the day when this is going more and more back to normal. How can we keep 
how can we keep people yeah. moving no one engaged well yeah i would i would only argue one point i am of the school i have a very small school because it's me yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't represent a shield. I don't work for a team anymore or a league. Well, actually, I do. I work for the fan controlled football league as chief yeah. operating officer. So right. I shouldn't say that. But yeah. um, essentially, what we have to do is unify and understand that it's our turn to create strategies. What we see now are disconnected tactics. We're right. going to do this, we're going to play in the bubble. And I don't believe in the new normal. I believe in the new different. Right. Again, the new different. If you believe in your realm of sport or life that things are just going to be back to where they were in right. February or January, my view is good luck. Looking into the future, the beginner faces a choice that leads him to the triumph or not. Being surrounded by like-minded professionals can be the best guarantee that you actually take that crucial career step. Sport in Global is a digital network for sports jobs. It gives you the chance to be involved in the sports industry no matter who you are, regardless of gender, nationality, and experience. Our AI system matches up talent with human resources. Candidates who align with the company's values and needs immediately get shortlisted. It saves time for HR and increases the opportunities available to applicants. The platform identifies tailor-made recommendations based on user needs, so you're always aware of the possibilities out there right now. Sport in Global is a place where students gain key tips about jobs and build the valuable connections that are essential for people at the beginning of their career path. The path from candidate to champion starts with a single step in the right direction. Sign up to Sport in Global. Sport in Global, the best way to enter the sports industry. Yeah, yeah. As we are living in a different world, yeah. what are you doing? What am I doing? Right. In terms of crafting plans for the new different. And right. that doesn't mean the new bad. That just means yeah. different concepts. Um, I think this is, you know, it, it's a trying time, but it's also a great time for experimentation. Right. All going to work correctly. I mean, you look at the race to create uh, a viable vaccine, there's going to be massive failure in that yeah. and already yeah. has. But ultimately, science, hopefully, will triumph. Yep. Same yep. thing in sports and your career. Now's the time to experiment instead yep. of just saying, I'm going this right. way. I love soccer and that's what I'm going to do. Well, too short-sighted. Uh, yep. Give me the world. Give me every opportunity. Right. Maybe I'm only comfortable living in Chicago. Well, right. you know, there's opportunities in Norway. There's opportunities in Africa. There's right. opportunities in Australia you better start thinking about a larger footprint for your career. And that's why I like a global platform, you know, where you can kind of like explore those opportunities, you know, would also be, you know, extremely beneficial in, in a sense of like, you know, KK connect with the right kind of people and, and try to understand the bigger picture, which is what we try to do, you know, with the podcast and the blog too, to like elevate these 
minds of like different kind of roles and and and, and mindsets, but also understanding how connected the global sport industry is. And and there's a lot of opportunities there, and you just gotta like, as you say, you know, widen that that angle. And I think um, this is some of the reason why we wanted to have the podcast in the first place. For again, I think it's like comes down to like also being in this situation. It, it kind of like puts you in a very tough position of like, okay, what exactly am I gonna do? Or like, maybe I'm losing my job or maybe I'm permitted or whatever. And you kind of like, oh, but there's no events going on. What can I do, you know? But there's there's a lot of other stuff you can do. And I we also talked a lot about even like, maybe not, you know, work, work related, but personal personal development too. You know, it's like keeping your mind and-, and, and Yeah, institutional, institutional awareness. Right. There was sport in this country in 1918. There was. Yeah. So do some research, look into history and see. And that pandemic was way worse. Yeah. At yeah. least at that time than what we're experiencing with COVID-19. Yeah. Or you look at pandemics in other parts of the world in which there was sports and entertainment and people were living their lives. Yeah. It is the time to develop a wider knowledge. You don't, again, have to win a Nobel Prize or be an A-plus student, but understand that you can learn um, opportunities that help you. And, I, and you know I've talked to you about this before, yeah. Yeah. and I was very lucky with the Sixers. We were a terrible basketball team when I started. And for those people that are listening and watching, a few years ago, the Golden State Warriors were 73 and 9. Right. It's record, greatest winning record in the history of the NBA. Absolutely crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah. So when I worked for the 76ers in 1972 73, right. also set a record that hasn't been broken since 1973 wow. and will never be broken. Do you know what the record is? No idea. No idea. We were nine and seventy-three. We were nine and seventy-three. <laughs> wow. We were nine and seventy. Yeah, that, that's that's not gonna be broken. That's that's for sure. Seventy-three and nine, nine and seventy-three. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good. Good luck on that. Yeah, for sure. Now, what really was good luck for me? It was chaos and disaster. Right. It was before the NBA had become this sort of global powerhouse. Yeah. But I was still in the NBA as a young punk, 23 years old. But it showed me because people were fired above me and I didn't wait around to have somebody tell me you should do this or you should try that. I just did it. Right. There's nobody there to tell me not to do it. Right. So people may say, I want to work for the number one football club in the world. Right. Well, okay, how many other people do you think want to work for that? Club? Right, right. <laughs> Give me the worst. Yeah. Give me some place that I can make a difference. Sales, marketing, right. promotion, uh, getting people back in in the new different. So I, I would tell anybody that's looking at careers, everybody wants to go to the best of the best. Yeah. Very typical. There's much greater opportunities to go to the worst of the worst yeah. in terms of developing your career. And, I mean, I'm an example, and there are many others. I moved around from different sports because yeah. I 
is never on the player side, the development right. of the right. actual athlete. I was on the money side, and the fluid that flows through the veins of sports is green. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what sport. So if you can put some green into that team, you're going to succeed. Right. No, I, I think it's a great advice, and it fits really well now, too. And I mean, like, just going back to like even here in Norway, even like when I started the program at USF too, it's like, I remember, I don't know if it was Shalini or who it was that kind of like asked us like, Oh, what is it? What do you want to be? You know, when you're, what is your ultimate goal? And everyone when you grow like, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? You know? And the, and it's, and it was either like, you know, everyone was like either GM or like AD, you know, for like major teams. It was like either or, you know, there was, there was no, there was no one that said like, oh, I'm going to work for like, you know, the, like some sort of like, maybe like Twitch, you know, like, you know, esports or, or whatever, like just completely out of the scope of what is, you know, people thought about. And I think, uh, you know, there's so much opportunities out there that people don't think about or see. And, and I think it's a really good point as well, where we talk a lot about startups and, and we, we want to help a lot of sports startups too, to like, why don't you bring in the, you know, some, some students, you know, to get some experience and, and bring something new to you? Because I mean, like we know all the position you're in, it's not easy, but you can have, you know, it's also elevates their opportunity to make an impact, which is I want think is tanks. I want think tanks. And, and you've lived here in the Bay area. I yeah. call it Siliconia, right? <laughs> the Silicon Valley. It's my country of Siliconia. And right. I live in the middle right. of it. Um, but I'm still amazed, Ole, that sports, as of yet, still doesn't really understand technology. Right. And on the other side, technology doesn't really understand sports. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't a million digital programs and wonderful work that's being done in analytics and metrics, yeah. streaming yeah. and all that. That's fine. But when you just think about what the opportunities are, I've written for years on something called the virtual season ticket. And I think you're aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, and I, I looked the other day, I wrote my first piece in 2013. Right. That's like, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm amazed that still to this day, no teams are selling virtual season tickets. Right. Know that I could sell, I mean, I'm working on it uh, without success. Yeah. This point. But if you take the Olympics, hopefully it does occur in 21. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to Japan. I'm not getting on a plane and flying 14 hours. Right. I can be there. And I don't mean just on a TV screen or this device. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a virtual world, I can be in the seats, not as a cutout. Right. I can experience what's going on. Um, and I, I just think there's one simple example of what could be done, which right. is being yeah. done. Well, it's, it's plenty of opportunities, but let's, let's, let's move a little bit um, forward on, on sort of, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the challenges and everything, you know, going on right now and a lot of opportunities, which I think is great. And there, there is a lot and you just got to, you know, look a little bit wider and I'm just thinking like a little bit in, in terms of your current consultancy role. Um, 
like I'm just curious, like what kind of challenges are are these people organizations bringing up to you today? Like, like what what kind of questions mm -hmm. like are they facing? Well, today, you know, and yeah, um, as a lifelong salesman, and that's what I am. I'm yeah, a salesman, and I'm very proud of it. I'd never say, ooh, most people, when you say the words, how, how do you say sales in Norwegian? Sorry. Sorry? Yeah. S-A-L-G. Sorry. Yeah. So most people go, ugh, I don't want to do that. Right. You know what? I'd smile. Give me right. that. I'll do it. Because that's where the opportunities are. A yeah. team might only be hiring one director of player operations, but 30 people in sales. Right going to let them, you know, survival of the fittest, they're going to see who can generate the most green right. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, in the sales world today, companies around the world are challenged by how they sell the products. Sports is always going to be a glue in society. Yeah. And if yep. not, then we're looking at the apocalypse. But uh, the new different is still going to have sports as sort of the town square, whether it's right. in Norway or New York. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's always going to bring people together. For sure. uh, they might argue about it, but they're going to buy each other a beer at the end of the argument or punch you in the nose, one of them, and then buy a beer. Um, so what is really important is to develop the individual as as much as a resource as they can. Right. You know, think of yourself as a natural resource. Yeah. Yeah. As we talked about before, become as strong as you can in multiple areas. Yeah. Because then you are more valuable to a potential employer. Right. And think of yourself as a Swiss Army knife that you yeah. have multiple different facilities. If you're just brilliant in one thing, and of course analytics and metrics now is, is sort of taken over around the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine, but teams are not hiring a hundred analysts. Right. They're hiring revenue generators. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go where, where sort of the opportunities are. Um, and be able to bounce back, not to say, woe is me, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and you're going to hear a lot of no's today, you know, to your question. People yeah. say, well, Ole, I'm busy, or I can't do your podcast, or, right. well, that's, to a certain extent, I don't know how you say bullshit in Norwegian, but <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll teach you that some other day. <laughs> okay, great. And I just cursed, so what the heck. Um, and and that's not and that's not acceptable. I mean, you just have to keep pushing yeah. so that you break through. And you're going to hear a lot of no, no, we can't do that. We don't have the time. We're busy dealing right. with protocols in terms of fan safety. Yeah. Well, here's what I've learned. And in my consulting business, as you know, in fan controlled football, which we are going to launch in the second quarter, I think, of next year. Right. We're spending a ton of time right now on COVID-19 health protocols. Right. right. 
thing about the rules and regulations of indoor football, which is what we are. We're not a video game. We're real sport. Arena yeah, yeah. But we want to do everything that we can do and better than what the NBA has done in their bubble. And we're going to be in a bubble. We're going to play in an arena so we won't have all of these challenges that the outdoor sports have. So, I mean, I literally have a call scheduled in two days with a major expert at at Johns Hopkins University in epidemiology and virology. I would never have thought about that. Right. Right. I would have thought about which corporate decision maker could I talk to. Yes. So now you just, you know, you fish where the fish are. I'm a fisherman. Yeah. So in this day, uh, protocols, safety of your players, your staff, um, and everyone else, you, you better be knowledgeable as best you can. You don't need a doctoral yeah. degree. Right. Um, but what the challenges that, that I face are coming up with ideas that I think have a place in the new different. Yeah, yeah. That's a good... Uh... I like the I like the Swiss Swiss Army knife uh, analog. I, I think it's a like I think people. I mean, like obviously people say like, okay, do like get get good at something and, and be like be an expert on it, right? And, and I mean, like that that's fine. And but I mean, like like it's always about value creation, right? Of like how we can bring value. And there's so much ways that you can do that. And I think. Uh, you know, of course, also understanding, okay, what are you really good at and enhance that, but also it's fine. Like you're not supposed to be great at everything, but I think also like having a, uh, like a nice trade of cards, you know, that you can like, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. And then apply that to whatever, you know, business or, or vertical or, or as you did yourself, like different, different sports, because I, again, the sports itself wasn't really that relevant for you, but more, again, no. how could you provide value for whatever organization you were in? in, in yeah, I mean, I love, I love to hear people talking about secrets in their business. And, you know, in the NFL, you see coaches always having yeah. <laughs> stuff in front of their mouths, or right. if there's a visit to the mound in baseball, the guy from their glove. Right. And in Premier League on TV, every coach is like, I, yeah. I've been in baseball for 30 years. I know every play. What do you, there's no secrets. Right. There's no secrets. And, right. and again, there should be more sharing. And, and, you know, to that point about being a Swiss Army knife, we also have a lot of young people today, what I call sports careerists, yeah. that sit in meetings or sit on Zoom sessions. And the thought bubble above their head is, have I told you I'm the smartest person in the room? Right. You haven't, but the thought bubble above your head says so. Right. Well, are you really? Do you know about this? No. And so I want to develop as many different capabilities. Yes, I want to be better in some than others. Right. But I don't just want to be a one-trick pony that can do one thing, because as staffs become smaller, then I want to be the most agile, nimble, aggressive son of a gun in that organization. Right. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Yeah, yeah. I want to be, I want to be able to move yeah. and repurpose myself based upon what the organization is dealing with. 
I also remember something that I think was very interesting. Like, and I just like, got like a flashback now from like one of the, and I, I don't remember 100%. I, I think it was actually Richard Fadesco from like, at that time he worked for uh, the earthquakes. And I remember I had like, uh, uh, I think it's like the system GM or something now for the Portland uh, Trails. I think like the NBA. NBA Blazers, Trailblazers. Trailblazers, yeah. Uh, but I remember I talked with him, like, and I asked him, like, you know, what is what is sort of like, you know, what do you need, you know, to succeed? And we're going to go into that, you know, with this segment here. But but I, I think, like, it was interesting for me when he said, like, you know, if you're able to, like, you know, have a good attitude, you're, you're passionate, you're, you're willing to learn, and you're knowledgeable. And even if you get sort of like, say, put in the wrong wrong department department first like it doesn't work for you like if you are like passionate hungry and you're willing to do the work you you will be relocated to somewhere else where you could also like you know provide value and i think that goes a little bit back to in a sense what, you, what you're saying right if like, a young man that goes way back to the oakland a's you know 1981 when i got there we hired literally i mean it was a new organization that had no sales marketing or anything right right uh, previous owner didn't care. We hired 35 salespeople. Wow. And today, today, as we speak, as I think back to that sales group, one is president of one of the largest racing tracks, car racing tracks in the country. The other is the president of the most successful minor league baseball team in the country. Yeah. The other is a incredibly successful player personnel director for a baseball team sales guy right uh, another is one of the leading sales trainers in the united states uh right. another is you know a stadium two are stadium operations directors of major nice. football teams nice. these are all 20 somethings who are all making phone calls to buy season tickets to a team that sucks Right. And, and, you know, perfect example to your point. They were able to navigate to something they really wanted to do, but they didn't just sit there and go, oh, woe is me. This is terrible. I'm right. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, uh, and that brings me to sort of, uh, you know, and, and I know you talk about teamwork, you know, some other, some other key skills. And, and after you, you know, you've been in the industry, again for a long time and like seeing a lot of the different sides here and i think um what what are some of the key skill sets that that you see as like it has to be like as sort of like you know a, a framework uh, a foundation and has there been like has there been any major change on like that or or is it more or less the same i'm kind of like yeah you know me i never had a beard that's the only change this is <laughs> This is my C nineteen beer. Seeing that, I'm looking like, very that distinguished, nice. right? Like, hmm, I look. Do I look intelligent or as stupid as I did without it? It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to say that. I'll I'm yeah. just being honest. I'm just being I honest. I don't I Ole I I don't see a ton of changes. Now that takes into account: be agile, nimble, be educated, know what's right. next. Um, right. We don't have pay phones anymore. Right. Uh, you know, we don't have abacuses. We have laptops, or maybe yeah. we don't have laptops anymore. Um, be comfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
Right. Comfortable being uncomfortable. It's a great advice. And I see, you know, the older generation, of which I'm not a part of, but there are some people in an older generation, they look at the younger generation and they're too cool for school. But right. that's happening forever from caveman to today. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Young kids are too cool for school. Yeah. Um, a lot of young people today are just, they're chill. Yeah. However, you know, you can say chill in, in global, yeah. in global language. Um, exactly. You know, get comfortable being injured. Get comfortable not knowing what you're talking about. Find mentors and never, ever, ever think that your network is big enough. Yeah. I am proudly 73 years old. So I'm inviting you February 18th, 2047 to my 100th birthday. So wherever you are, you got to be, be there. I'll be there. there. Be I'll there. Be, there. Or be, be square. And Absolutely. if I'm sitting there just babbling, then just bump me in the river someplace. <laughs> um, I'll still know, be there. I'll still be there. <laughs> the, the, I'm the sure point, I'm going to be the one bumping you, though, but, yeah, but I'll the, be there. The point of view is, you know, you have a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, put a smile on your face. And that isn't to say that we are not in a very, very serious time. As yeah. I told you earlier, when I am in conversations, when I'm being interviewed, locally or nationally, I always try to bring up what's the value of a human life. Right. What's the value of a human life? So when sports leagues or stupid people are in a swimming pool or in a bar, non-mass, no social distancing, that's just moronic. And, you know, you might essentially be involved in killing somebody, although you're right. never So, uh, but you can't just cower in a corner and say it's over or I'm just going to yeah. wait till the sun comes out. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to make it happen yourself. Your network, I mean, look at how we met, right? And right. we've stayed friends and we've built relationships since exactly. that time. Yeah, and, I, think it was, I think it was Jeremy actually. But, uh, right. And he's a great connector and you want to get to great connectors. You want to find as many mentors and, you know, I said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I would also say in today's world, when you don't know the answer to something, say, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Don't bullshit and say, you know, or come up with some double speak. Say, you know right. what? I don't know. Where can I go to learn about that? Right. To learn, you know, can I learn from you? Can you learn from me? Uh, the right. people who are watching this. Um, it's amazing, especially in the global virtual world that we live in. Yeah. Uh, in the Stanford class that Rasher and I are teaching. Right. First night, we asked the students, and this is the first virtual class that I've done. Yeah. Uh, where are you talking from? Uh, I'm in Singapore. Oh, how about you? I'm in Buenos Aires. Um, what? Where are you? I'm in Luxembourg. Luxembourg. <laughs> Who the hell in Luxembourg is going to take? in pro sports franchise relocation right. uh, New Jersey I'm in North Carolina I'm in Norway right so I, I think that is another benefit of this horrible global pandemic that it, again the analogy uh, maybe as we'll get into the final parts of the discussion right. if you look at the ball you know if you look at the globe it's actually shrinking through right. 
difference. And I think that is positive. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, uh, again, the world itself is so global and so connected. Right. And I think, uh, one of the things for me as well, going, when I went over to the U S was, was like, I wanted to see something else. I wanted to learn something else. And I think like, even like our team night to the day, like my co-founder, he's, he's Brazilian. Uh, we have an intern from India, like China. It's, it's like they had different perspectives, different mindsets, different kind of, you know, uh, network, of course. And, and, and it's like you learn something new, you know, every, every day. And, and that's like what inspired me. Okay, so I'm charging you as of today to create the United Nations of Sports. <laughs> oh. that's what we need all right all right don't, and we don't really have it i mean i guess you could say the ioc i get what you're saying though i get what you're saying like i, I think it's and, and but it but it has to be like this um going back to like the global sharing right and i think like exactly mind that mindset of like having that um going a little bit back from like what's like I think like pro sports in general was all about it's like the secrets like it's it's empower it's empowerment you know you look at the United Nations and everybody has their name tag and go wow right. that's you know the United States France Norway yeah you know right. Ole this is Andy they you, clearly you can see they represent everybody around the world yeah I want a younger generation right that really understands that sport is a global business. And if we can do away with some of the previous um, poorly developed ideas and get to what's next, then I think we have a really, really bright future. Well, I, I mean, like for all of you guys that are listening at this, uh, ladies and, and girls and, every, and boys and everyone that is, that is on this video or watching or listening, I, th I think like, I mean, you heard it her. You you heard it her here first. Uh, too many, too many here and heard and whatever. Uh, you know, struggling as in the region. But uh, I mean, like, if you if you want to do something, like it, it's just just get it done. You know, like just start, and you never know what's come out of it. And I think, like, I mean, like me, me and Annie, we're gonna talk about this uh, behind the podcast. That's for sure, uh, and, and see what we can do. But but I think, like, you know you always got to look for opportunities and and if that's not where you essentially okay yeah i wanted to work in football or or basketball or baseball and you don't see anything there right now that's also fine try to find something else you know like look at fantasy sports look at gaming look at individual recreation right. and, and look, or create your own thing or, create yeah your own i thing. mean you know? you know invent your own sport um have an entrepreneurial nature Right. You know, Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and all these people didn't start out as billionaires. They right. started out as being worth $10. They had a vision. They went after it. And people ultimately said, you know what? That's, that's a new different. Right. And, and that's what we need now. That as you sort said, of entrepreneurial you know? spirit, in a certain extent, is disappeared when sports has gotten too fat. Yeah. And now I think it's up to the nimble and the slim like you and me. Um, we might be separated by a few years, but we're not separated by just, just, just excitement much. and enthusiasm for what's next.
No, no, for sure. And and I mean, like, if we're just gonna like wrap up here, you know, and I think like we're starting to get like we're already starting to map out like okay, teamwork, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, you know, exploring our opportunities. And if there's if there's sort of like one thing you just want to like say to everyone that has been listening, like in the next few months, like this is what like how do you, how do you kind of like cope with this and like like where where are we going next like what should you do where should you go what do you want to well, do well first and foremost one of the areas that you know we've talked about briefly but it's the word that's lacking in a lot of global society now and that's trust yeah trust is really an important concept that has to be real it yeah. can't be fake or it's not trust so right. Whether it's your personal relationships, whether it's where you work, whether it's country to country, and you see it at every level, yeah. uh, global, national, state, local, lack of trust. And with lack of trust, you, you have sort of anarchy. Things don't get done. Yeah. Um, you know, what I would say is align yourself with individuals, not that are all like you, yeah, yeah. but a vision that as challenging as our lives are today, we truly can make them better tomorrow from what we've learned and not just sit there waiting for somebody else to do it. Right. Each and every one of us, uh, luckily I'm on a number of boards and advisory committees. You can make a difference even if you're not writing million dollar checks like you do every day to organizations around the world. But seriously, you can make a difference tomorrow in your community, yeah. whether it's sport or any entity that needs help. If you're a marketer, if you're a salesperson, if you're a digital genius, if you can help um, get somebody back online, you know, you may change their life. So yeah. first and foremost, I think, you know, where we live in our community, how you can help, and then, a bit selfishly in terms of your job and your career, think about what we talked about, new, different, uh, where are things chaotic, which is pretty much every place, yeah, yeah. where are the greatest opportunity, and how do I stand apart, because I know millions of others are never gonna wanna leave their city or their country or their safe lane. Right. Go where I might show up someplace tomorrow and go, I'm here by myself. I don't know anybody. Yeah. But I'm going to work at the ABC Corporation and I'm going to do it in show. Absolutely. Um, Andy, I, it's, I mean, like, there, there's so much we could have talked about and can talk about. And I think we got to, you know, have we'll a do couple it in more. chapter two. We'll yeah, exactly. That's two. what I was about to say. Like, we got to have a couple more episodes as we, as we go. I'm always, I'm always I, willing to do that. And I would say to everybody that's watching or listening, that the two things are stay safe and more importantly, stay sane and go out and get it done. Absolutely. Andy, I would like to thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, seeing with you, of course, virtually, but, you know, social distancing, safe distancing, keeping ourselves safe. And I mean, like, it works, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in the U.S., I'm in Norway, like, it's Ole, all possible. You know, good, it's all possible. good morning, Norway is my new Monday, my new favorite Monday show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Zoom Monday show. Hey, that that's maybe we should start that. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You be well. Thank you so Bye. much for taking the time and with all the videos we do, all the podcasts that we do, we always yeah. Bye now and shoot me the episode and I can get my three followers and social media to watch it. <laughs> Absolutely, we will do so. So with that, least not kiss, which means I see you later in the region. Uh, bye, Ole. Bye, bye.